What's up, Georgia football fans? You're listening to episode 365 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and on this episode, my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, share their thoughts and perspectives on the Georgia-Florida game. And the interesting part is that, I mean, of course, Georgia blew their doors off, but the interesting part is that it was Will's first visit, and he sat in the Florida section. Section. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, to hear him talk about the fans leaving and everything, but I, I'm not going to ruin it for you. But it's a good listen. And before we begin, I'd like to thank our podcast sponsor, The Strickland Firm. For 20 years, The Strickland Firm has helped people navigate the complicated insurance and legal process. Founding attorney Ryan Strickland, who was a UGA class of 99 and UGA law class of 03, spent his first decade of the practice representing some of the nation's largest companies and insurers. But now he uses that experience to only help those who have been injured by someone else. There are critical things that you need to do as soon as possible after an injury, so call the Strickland Firm right away for a free consult at 770-420-9900 or thestricklandfirm.com. We'd like to thank Ryan for sponsoring this episode. And now, here's Will to get things started. I am Will Leach here as always with Tony Waller. Both of us have returned from Jacksonville. We did get to do some pregame tailgating and see the whole crew out there. Uh, and what was, um, boy, that, look at that score. That was pretty close. Ooh, that was a, no, that was a uh, full-on bloodletting. I was in the Florida section. You, like a smart person, was in the Georgia section. Uh, much to break down uh, from the experience, uh, but let's start with the game itself. Uh, for me, Tony, I have to say, um, this was the, I don't know where you put the compare this with the Kentucky game, uh, but it does feel like this is the second game of the year where a bunch of national people have been like, Oh, you know, Georgia could just be better than everyone else that went the whole thing. And they've all th- those kind of things have popped back up. Uh, certainly, uh, I, I to me, the biggest takeaway is frankly Carson Beck, who I th- thought looked at. Terrific, and and uh, I felt I thought the running game looked great. But I would argue the running game looked great, really, because what Beck what what Beck was doing, he was really fantastic. But uh, this, uh, it's always fun to beat Florida, but it's particularly fun to beat Florida like this. Yeah, so I, I think the right way to frame this is there was I would say grumbling, but there was a bit of you know, uh, when Florida went down and scored that first touchdown and people were not happy with the paradise they had been given. So Georgia gave them a new paradise. Um, <laughs> that game, that game turned almost as quickly as the, what, maybe 2019 game, whenever it was where Georgia scored 24 points in the span of about five game minutes. Uh, um, very similar 20, I think 23 points, three touchdowns and safety. Uh, in the matter of about seven game minutes. Um, and the reality was um, I was pretty convinced the game was over um, after the fourth down stop. And, and I had, had I known they'd run a trick play, come from where I was sitting, it was hard to see what they had done. Yeah. Uh, and when I saw this morning that they, they snapped the ball between Mertz's legs during the, <laughs> the end, I yeah. was like, oh my gosh, had I known that that was a, that was a design trick play, that uh, Billy had thought to run there, I would have been like, yes, definitely ever. He he already knows. He already is worried about what he's got to do uh, to to make this that, happen. That play was crazy too because remember the, the he thought, I think a lot of people thought, but he definitely thought they'd gotten the first down 
beforehand. Yeah. And yeah. so you could see him kind of panic and freak out a little bit, which to me was what made that play call all the more kind of crazy because he, like, it was relatively late. It didn't look like that. It looked like they'd made it. I think everybody kind of moved on and then they kind of pulled back and looked at it and saw I didn't get it. So he was kind of scrambling. It's wild that that is what the play call he came up with when he scrambled like that. Yeah, and it, they didn't move the ball back but five inches. I mean, that's the part. That's the crazy part about it. But the reality is, I think I agree with you when you say a lot of the running game is a direct result of what Carson Beck was doing. I can only count one bad, one bad play, and it was it was just an overthrow on an open uh, Lad McConkey. Uh, so you know, if you if you're of, of the persuasion of which I am that you want Lad McConkey to have two hundred yards, um, although I don't know, I, I don't maybe he called another pass after that on the same drive that we wouldn't have but either way um you know other than a few comments or i got to make where you know carson beck just isn't tall enough because that one that one guy figured out exactly what we were going to throw over there in the flat and knock two balls down it was a really well played game um i, I did hear grousing's not the right thing i was like well we let them score two touchdowns i'm like oh, okay cool yeah. No, okay. Fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, the third, the the third touchdown definitely was our second string in, and yeah, their their first string has definitely called it to our second string. Um. So, I mean, that's that's the right way to look at that. It was an overall a very well played game on the part of Georgia, a well coached uh, game on the part of Georgia. Uh, the reality is, is Bobo knew exactly what he wanted to call, and he was he was three play calls ahead of. Uh, Napier and his staff, the 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 better part of the game, and that's that's where you want to be. It was, and listen, like they that stretch where it was bang, 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 bang. I mean, it was what thirty? It was twenty six to seven, like that, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. halfway through the second quarter. Seven to three to twenty six to seven in in seven game minutes. Yeah, and and you know, and listen, some of that. The thing that's fun about that too is it happened from every different level, right? You have it on defense, happened on offense, and then the pump, the pump block, which could have been a touchdown just as easily as it was uh, a safety. I think that was what was exciting was. The realize oh, there's been a lot of talk about this Georgia team is different and this Georgia team has to win in like a different sort of ways. That's what they do when they're on. They just beat you everywhere. And I think that's what was fun about that. Watching that part of the game was what during that section. It's not just like, oh, wow, there they go. They hit Bowers on play after play after play after play, or they, or they uh, made, got all these interceptions. They just did all, every aspect of the game was just humming <laughs> at the, at all in that time. And it, to me, it's kind of an exciting thing to remember because a lot of times Georgia has had like little stretches like that, but they've been at the end of the game when the game's been close. And then Georgia just dominates. I think the end of the Missouri game, for example, uh, uh, would be a good example. Or South Carolina, maybe uh, Missouri last year and South Carolina a little bit this year. But they've had games where they're like, oh, so we can just do whatever we want now. So there's there's a certain sequencing idea to this that when you do it in the second quarter and you can just kind of chill out the rest of the game, it feels more definitive than dominating in the fourth quarter in a game that's been close. But it is the same thing. <laughs> and and I think that's a that that is a thing to a good thing to remember, particularly these more tough games coming up. They're capable of doing that. They're capable of saying, "Oh, so we can get all of this working at once." And next thing you know, a team that we don't people I don't think generally think of as like a quick strike explosive team, though they're capable of doing that, can just stomp you in. I mean, you say seven minutes of game time, it felt like fifteen minutes of real time. Like it felt like it just happened, bam, 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 just like that. That's a pretty exciting thing to see against a Florida team that is not great, but it's also has won five games and has won some some decent games and has looked better lately. They didn't look like it. They, they just looked like they didn't belong in the same field yesterday. Yeah, I think the the thing that was uh, probably the most impressive to me is 
the the drives that Georgia was able to put together uh, were quick strike drives. But when they needed when they they needed a little bit of longer drives in the second half to to put some uh, you know put put some essentially take some time off the clock. I mean, they had a six minute and thirty two second ten minute touchdown drive where they I don't think they threw the ball maybe twice. Um, Right there at the you know towards the end of the towards the end of the game, Florida scored a couple touchdowns just a uh, or yeah scored a touchdown and it really was a um that drive felt like I, I was I was talking to, to somebody said my said that drive feels like a okay stay still and no one gets hurt more uh kind of drive right it's just one of those <laughs> dominating one of those dominating drives and uh it was fun right and this is this is the team. But frankly, seeing this out of the Georgia team is why the AP voters are still putting them one. We will talk about a little bit uh, when we, we podcast this week. We'll probably talk a little bit about the college football playoffs. Uh, I think I, you and I agree that Georgia will not be one, uh, which is fine. Uh, whatever. It's fine. Um, but we also agree that um, Georgia does this to uh, – they, they continue to do this. There's nothing really to worry about whether they're – where they will be ranked at the end of the season because we, we know they will be ranked. And the reality is we're now working to the situation where we keep playing this well. Um, there is a – you open up the possibility of having something happen later in the season and not – and still make the playoffs, uh, especially with Oklahoma losing um, and, and as wobbly as Washington looked. Um, as well, um, but it was a fun day Saturday. Will, let me ask you mm-hmm. your first Georgia Florida. What do you think? Uh, well, see, for the Florida side, was amusing to have this be the game that you, it went, whole, you had an entire section to yourself in the fourth quarter. I did, I did. It was William and I had, I had a whole spot for ourselves the whole time. And listen, it was you know, I mean, it was they there. I would say that, like, and like, I was I was on the club, I was in the club spot, so I don't know if I was if people are better behaved in the club spot or, or just more drunk, I can't really tell. But uh, people were generally nice, but you know they were crowing a little bit. I was like to note a shout out to to, to William on this. There was a there was a uh, a very nice Florida c- a couple that took a picture of us uh, uh, in front of the stands, and then uh, the guy leaned down to William. And he said, "So what's how's this game going to go?" And William said, "Oh, George is going to win by 20. <laughs> and the guy was like, "Oh, like oh, looks like your son doesn't really know a lot about football now, does he?" And he kind of had that vibe a little bit. I'm like, oh, we'll see what happens. Even they scored that touchdown, but yeah, it cleared out. And listen. I know it's like it's listen. It's fun to watch Florida fans clear out from a game. I mean, that's a game where you clear out of when you get hit like that, and it's obviously over. I can't really blame them. It was hot. It was hotter on your side, I think. Yeah. Yes. But uh, but certainly, I, it was certainly hot. It was a day where people would uh, when your team's getting destroyed like that. Like why why do you why do you need to stay and watch that? And I so it was. I mean, they it was very quiet. Very quickly, it's that very specific kind of quiet. That's actually not entirely different than the old Alabama Georgia quiet of the rain game in 2015. Well, it's not so much that your team is getting beat; it's that your team is getting beat, and it's obviously it's because oh, it's not that like we're like playing bad or the guys aren't executing; they're just so much better than we are, and and you can't kind of really deny. It. And I think that was that was the general kind of vibe. It almost felt like. Oh yeah, okay. We got we got we got a long way to go here. <laughs> there was even like a lot of anger. It was more just kind of sad. Charlie Brown kind of leaving, but it was a great experience. You know, it's a, I, I have to say it's a really nice stadium. It's a nicer stadium than I thought it was. Uh, like it's got really nice uh, sight lines, generally pretty much all around. Um, uh, it's the uh, it is 
Uh, I, I shout out to Clay, your friend and mine, uh, Clay, who drove us back. But uh, boy, did we run into some traffic issues on the way out. I think we parked in an area where uh, it was uh, very, very difficult to get outside of the stadium. And he was much more patient than I would have been in that situation. So I understand when people complain about traffic issues. I definitely get very vividly why that would be the case now. But the tailgate, tailgate vibe was great. Uh, I know it's 50-50, but it sort of felt like there were more Georgia fans uh, there. I, it wasn't like 90-10, but certainly there were more Georgia fans, as you, you probably expect with the teams where they are. And uh, we had a great time in St. Simon's. St. Simon's was beautiful, and uh, and we had a great time in the book of it. I saw some 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 listeners out there that came out, and thank you for, for them coming out. So it was a great experience. Uh, uh, my wife and son, Wynn, did not go to the game on Saturday, and I think had just as good a time as we did <laughs> in St. Simon's. Uh, this is our first trip to St. Simon's, and it's a great trip. I can see why people go there and go to this game. We had a great time. Yeah, and we want to say thank you to Robert for hosting a fantastic tailgate, as he always does, at Georgia, Florida. Uh, it was great to see some of the the listeners that came by, the folks that said hi in the stands. Uh, you know, it's always fun, Will, to get to go. I'm glad you got that experience. Uh, but you also saw why we uh, we choose to go get on the water taxi and go across to Ruth Chris and have a steak and let traffic die down before we try to get out. It, there. Is, it was rough. Uh, it was rough. Yeah, it was real it rough. Is, always is. There. It, there's there's no yeah. there's no place. And consider that with with half the fans leaving early, right? Yeah, yeah. There is no place to park down there that you can get out there fast. There's just not. And it's mainly location, right? It's surrounded on two sides, essentially, by a river. Uh, and then downtown, it butts up to downtown Jacksonville. So uh, you have one major highway out of there and a lot of surface streets. Uh, but I, I think you're right. I mean, I think Everbankfield gets a little bit of a... Of a bad rap, it is much nicer than the old Gator Bowl. Much nicer, but you're right. The sightlines are fine. It's a comfortable stadium, uh, and they, um, they, I think they do a really good job of of getting people through lines. Uh, I, you know, I, I think I, I didn't see a line that was more than, you know, a couple of minutes uh, there. Uh, but you know, they're about to start a two billion dollar renovation of this thing in 26 and 27. So the the stadium that we sa- we sat in. Yesterday is going to be pretty different, Will. So, uh, but I'm I'm glad you got to experience that, and it's a fantastic opportunity for always to remember that uh, it's always a good day to see sad Florida fans. It's always a good day. Um, so, hey, let's hit our sponsor, and then we'll talk about the kind of stuff that went out today. Because I would argue the stuff that went down in the day, if you were uh, worried about Georgia um, um, being in that, getting in the playoff, uh, was very helpful to Georgia. Yeah, I, and I, we want to thank the Strickland firm, Ryan Strickland, uh, University of Georgia, actually it's a double law, University of Georgia law grad, is there in Marietta. Will, you can find him at the strickland on the internet or call his office, 1-844-GA-JUSTICE. And we appreciate Ryan Strickland, the Strickland firm support of the Wait Until Last Saturday podcast this season. So um, the big news really was Oklahoma, Kansas. Boy, I'm feeling not so bad about the Illinois loss to Kansas right now. That that was a sloppy game. That was uh, the weather. They was in a weather delay. It was a gross game. But I mean, that's a big deal. If you're if you were worried about the potentiality of a one loss Georgia getting left out um, for like say two Pac-12 teams, which is still possible, or two but two Big 12 teams no longer uh, seems possible. Um, I gotta say, uh, if you were worried about that you should have your worries abated a little bit with Oklahoma losing that game. Yeah, it, de- it definitely went down. And Kansas showing they're the real deal. I mean, a lot of people were were a little, were thinking a little bit that they were maybe flashing the pan. Uh, and then, huh, who, who who would have seen this? North Carolina was, uh, was, was touted as a dark horse college football playoff team mm-hmm. two weeks ago. 
and they have now lost to Georgia Tech. Um, and there is a if there's a benefit to Georgia Tech winning that game, it's like Georgia Tech is creeping into maybe that kickoff won't be at noon. Territory. Maybe, maybe fingers crossed, fingers crossed. I mean, they're four and four. There is a uh, looking at their schedule. Uh, you know, Clemson also four and four. Uh, Virginia, uh, Georgia Tech now at four and four has games at Virginia at Clemson, and they play Syracuse at home. So it's altogether possibility that they are playing uh, versus Georgia for uh, bowl eligibility. But uh, I, so if they do that, it's, it's possible that Georgia and Georgia Tech will play the ACC's three three thirty ESPN slot. Uh, but that's a that's a little down the road. Um, and then Southern Cal had to score. 21 fourth quarter points to come back against Cal. Um, yeah, the, the Lincoln Riley thing is, is uh, I, they're not going to fire him uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, maybe the guy just can't coach defense. They, maybe that's a thing. I don't know. I, um, I will say that um, Washington being a little wobbly was interesting. Yeah. Like that's a game they could have lost. And I think, cause again, you know, we, I, I really feel like when we talk about national stuff, we're late in the year. Now the number one, the only real question I find myself asking, there are two questions. One, can Georgia go undefeated? And two, if they don't go undefeated and they lose one game, can they still make the playoffs? And if so, uh, what things need to happen to make sure that happen? Oklahoma losing and Washington looking a little wobbly. Uh, and North Carolina being knocked out of it because now it looks like Florida State Louisville is probably going to be the ACC championship game. Florida State's starting to look like they have the clearest path, but I'm not really blown. And they won easily yesterday, but I'm still not blown away by them to any stretch of the imagination. They don't clear other like it doesn't look like there's an obvious team. It doesn't look like there's teams that have made such a great case for themselves that if they have one loss, they're going to get it above Georgia. So don't freak out then, as you touched on earlier, if Georgia's not number one. Because they won't be. I think. I think Ohio. Some. Some of thought would be Ohio State. Yeah, um, I think so. I think it's probably. They probably Ohio they, State. Uh, yeah, even though Penn State looked wobbly as the right way of putting it against Indiana yesterday, uh, they're still seven at one, and they uh, Ohio State went on the road and, and beat them. So that's that's probably the best law, the best win among those teams up there. Uh, a lot of people are getting excited about FSU's. Um, you know, win against LSU. That was a neutral side in uh, that was in Orlando, right? And LSU six and two, but uh, you know, even though they are conceivably, uh, conceivably still have a shot of winning the West, uh, it's hard to imagine that they they will. Um, and then you know, Texas with with their one loss, I, I think if they win the Big Twelve, considering they beat Alabama, they will they will in all likelihood get tabbed. But right now, it's yeah, it's. I mean, you know, considering a week ago or two weeks ago, everybody was like, well, there's nine teams. Is it possible there's going to be an undefeated conference champion left out? Yeah. Uh, and that's looking a lot, lot less likely now. So, but yeah, I had a great time. I, we were talking about the whole drive home, how nice, uh, how, how enjoyable the time we had. When did you, did you enjoy St. Simons? Yeah, he went. Yeah, he loved, He enjoyed. The, he enjoyed the St. Simons, and he even uh, and we enjoyed. Uh, he actually drank a lot of out of his jug. This All right, and uh, he was right, in a costume yeah. and drank a ton out of. <laughs> well, that's what i assume i assume he and his mom went to went to frat beach uh yesterday yes. instead of won the game so i'm glad they had a big time down there and all told like listen the college kids are are all they are and everything but like all told like i was actually expecting them to be up all night on friday they were fine like they were drunk but like they didn't cut like you know other than the fact you had to occasionally remind them that they're in the middle of the road i didn't yeah. i didn't really i didn't find that it did not seem like caligula 
out there or or the warriors or anything like it felt oh, fine God. they were that fine. was a great reference oh my god <laughs> they were fine uh yeah they did think that they tried to convince us the road was closed so we would turn around <laughs> we enjoyed that but i had a great time i i and i will i will say um uh it will i will be i will do your boat to first stake next time <laughs> before yeah. I leave because that was that was quite uh quite an experience getting out of there but I'll know that we'll know that for next time and uh but uh but it was a it was a great time and I'm really really glad I went I've been wanting to go we'll talk more about when we did the pregame show I've been wanting to go to Georgia Florida forever and I got to go and it was a really really awesome time and uh they uh destroyed Florida which is also a nice thing to happen when you go to see a Georgia Florida game yeah, um, it's a it's a it was a fun game. It was warm. Uh, the consider games we've been down there where you know pours rain is fifty something degrees, or it's you know, or, or foggy and cold in the morning and then hot in the afternoon. It was warm the whole time. So whatever. Um, and as I said, there is there's very few things in sports that are better than the Florida section emptied out in the start of the fourth quarter. I know. I tell you, we were able, we were certainly able to stretch our legs. <laughs> There's no question about that. We had a we had we very much had that Bob Euchre must be sitting in the front row experience of having the whole uh, the whole. We were like basically at the end we had the whole club. It was fun. A highlight I would say was being in the Florida club and, and dropping out there. Uh, dropping out, I would have to get a beer in the third quarter, and uh, people were were calling the dogs. Which was a yeah. nice touch to see in the Florida club. That's like, yeah. And you got to be there for the book of it, Tony. My first ever calling of the dogs. Uh, yeah, at, at well, I'm, very glad fun. You, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, yeah, just to set the scene, uh, we had a, a nice little dedicated group there of uh, of St. Simon's uh, Literary Guild uh, members and some UGA fans, fans of the podcast, fans of Will. And uh, Will wrapped up his. I assume he did not do that in Lincoln or Missoula, but he not, no. called. He called the dogs in St. Simons, and he actually did the right. He was like, you know, he, I, he got I, it. He, he got ever, it right. ever since I watched Joey Chestnut do such a terrible job, I was like, I'm going to do better. If I ever get a chance, I will do better. I was on a microphone, so I was afraid. Or ordinarily, I will like if I ever get to do that Sanford Stadium. I'm sure that's just around the corner. Um, I will. I will belt it. Like you got to go big. But I, you know, there was there. This is St. Simon's Literary Guild. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna blow those nice elderly people's eardrums out. So, uh, so, but it was. It was a fun time. We had a very nice turnout. It was a great event. Thanks to to uh, Ride on Books, and of course, thanks to uh, Jittery Joe's Michael Ritz, my friend, uh, head of Jittery Joe's, was the one that organized the whole thing. It was a really very fun time. And now I got to go write another book so we can do another one in a couple of years. Um, <laughs> Can't wait for it. All right, Tony. Well, we will be taping Tuesday uh, this week uh, in an afternoon show, so we'll be much more uh, cogent and sober than we usually are on these shows. Just an afternoon show, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see how Tuesday yeah, goes. See what happens. Um, okay, uh, Will. I know. You, I know you're about to ask me. Uh, where Ole, Ole Miss? This is the game. This is the last home game of the year. It's the one everyone has been wondering, wanting, wanting, uh, digging up for. I encourage everyone. By the way, now that we're far enough out. Uh, my friend uh, Will Haraway does his annual Tom Petty tribute show, his band, the Sundogs. They will be playing at the Foundry this year. It will be there. It is a wonderful one. He's, a, he's an old Miss guy. And it's, a, it's the best thing, that, uh, game day weekend thing. I can't encourage everyone going enough. I will be with my parents and be the whole time. Uh, our friend Miller is coming. And Easton, Lindsay, and, and, Sim, and Simmons are all coming to that game. It's our, it, it is the event. It's the Mississippi game everyone's been talking about literally since the season started. What time are they going to play, Tony? Now it is are the Sundogs playing Friday or Saturday? Friday, they're playing Friday. Oh wow, that is uh, that's also concurrent with the uh, the home team, the home team, um, the home team T-shirts is doing their thing over there at the Foundry at the same time. Oh too, yes, yep, yep, yeah, so yeah, it is, that's they, awesome. They, yep, it's gonna be a full night of it. 
Give me a full name. All right. The reason I'm trying to delay wills, I think we're getting a six day hold. Wow. Um, all you do. Yeah. Yeah. So Tennessee and Missouri are both ranked. Uh, the Tennessee plays at Missouri on the 11th. Of course, Mississippi plays at Georgia. I suspect, and, and, and CBS hasn't used one yet. I suspect CBS is going to put a six-day hold here to see what happens with Georgia-Missouri. Uh, uh, Tennessee plays at UConn in Mississippi. I want to say, I haven't looked up at one point. They play Texas A&M this weekend. Uh, but I really think it's to see between Georgia and Missouri. Um, uh, somebody said mentioned that Georgia is already, uh, Georgia already been on the CBS network five times this, this season. Um, I, I'm not sure if that rule is still in effect, uh, but e- even if it's if, if it is, I guess that makes it a little easier. George is going to be on ESPN, and probably I, I would guess ESPN is going to put them concurrent with whatever the CBS game is. That's something they've done this year, with the exception of, of LSU. Uh, they they tried to put their best game concurrent with the CBS game, uh, but I think we're up for a six day hold. That's what I think. All right, fine, fine, but I want to know now. But I want to know now. Um, fine. Uh, fair enough. Well, we will be together Tuesday to preview the, a, the Missouri game that, you know, certainly the, I there was a moment I thought, could this even be game day? And obviously LSU Alabama, I think, switches that. But, like, you could argue in the vast scheme of things in the national championship race, it's as big as LSU Alabama, if not bigger. I think you could make that argument. So I think if, I think if, I think if Missouri would have beat LSU, I think it would have been game day. If I'm being honest, but it wasn't. Oh, I think, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. So, and they should have, they should have won that game, but uh, anyway. Yeah. So, um, all right, Tony, well, we will be together Tuesday to preview the game. And until then, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Will, Tony, and I'll be back recording together this coming Tuesday afternoon for the Georgia Missouri preview show. Missouri comes to town with a one loss record. They had a bye week this week. So, uh, We'll see what they have coming for the dogs on Saturday. Can't wait to be back on campus and seeing all of y'all. It's been six weeks since I went to a game. So, yeah, I'm pretty pumped about the Missouri Ole Miss back-to-back weekends. Like I said, we'll see you on Saturday. And as always, go dogs.